The Holy Gospel according to Mark, the 16th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint Jesus' body. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, Do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Grace and peace to you from God our Father and Jesus the risen Christ. What do you think the women carried that morning? They had watched from a distance as Jesus breathed his last breath and knew his body had been taken down from the crucifix and placed into the tomb. They had been discussing how to move the heavy stone that would have sealed the tomb's entrance. They were expecting to find his remains, his body. Scripture says they brought spices, and reference books tell us it was probably a mix of myrrh and aloes that they intended to use to anoint Jesus' body. Myrrh is used in anointing and liniments, and aloe would have masked the odor of decay. But I wonder what else they carried. Maybe some kind of salve to moisten his chapped lips. Maybe a clean towel to wash his feet, or to wipe away the blood the soldiers had pierced his side. Would they have brought anything to lay at the tomb when they were finished? Flowers or a marker of some kind? This was their beloved teacher and friend, after all. Imagine those are the thoughts the women are having when they arrive at the tomb. 
figuring out what they need to do and in what order and how best they can honor this person whom they love. And then they see the stone had already been moved. I wonder about the strangeness and the surprise of that discovery, but Mark doesn't give us any indication that they were wary or suspicious or tentative. Maybe they just felt relief that there was no obstacle keeping them from Jesus' name. Of course, everything changes when they enter the tomb. Instead of their beloved, they find a young man who immediately tells them that Jesus is risen and has gone ahead of them. As if they didn't hear him clearly, he repeats himself two more times, assuring them that Jesus is not there and the tomb is truly empty. Have you ever been shocked into silence? Astonished? perplexed. The terror and amazement that the women at the empty tomb felt wasn't the heavy dread that we have felt collectively in times of national distress. It wasn't the heart-clenching fear you experience when you confront a phobia like snakes or heights or even the spine-tingling fear brought on by reading Stephen King in an empty house in the wee hours of the morning. Instead, this fear, this terror or amazement that seized the women came from witnessing something unexpected, miraculous, beyond their understanding. Mark describes the same kind of amazement and terror after other miracles throughout his gospel. When Jesus stilled the sea, his disciples were filled with awe. And when he healed the hemorrhaging woman and revived the young girl, the people with him were amazed. And then, People were afraid when they saw how he healed the garrison demoniac. And even the disciples were terrified when Jesus walked on water at the Sea of Gennesaret. Each time the power of God is made visible in Jesus, we see the people react with this awe, this terror amazement. The women had seen Jesus die. They fully expected to find his body in the tomb, and they were gobsmacked when he wasn't there. Wouldn't you be too? According to Mark, the amazed and terrified women fled the tomb said nothing to anyone. But we figure they must have said something at some point 
or we wouldn't be here today to celebrate that Christ is risen. Jesus of Nazareth, the Son of Man, rose and went ahead of Mary Magdalene, the mother of Mary, the mother of James, Salome, and all of his disciples to Galilee. He didn't go back to Jerusalem. He didn't go to the temple or to Pilate. He didn't go to the courtyard of the high priest. He went to Galilee, to his home place, to the same familiar towns and villages where he had spent all his years of ministry, and the place where he had healed the sick and driven out demons and taught how much God so loved the world. The Easter story tells us that Christ is risen and goes ahead of us into the world where we live every day. We don't have to move gigantic rocks to find him. He isn't hiding. Jesus invites us to see him in ordinary and unremarkable places places we call home, the streets of our community, the nursing homes and the hospital, the places where we work and live, the places where we find our friends and the people who have known us forever. God invites us to live in a world where Christ is alive instead of preparing for death like the women approaching the tomb, we are called to new life. This Easter morning and every Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection, we encounter Jesus in word and in sacrament, in place of spices and oils that cover up sin and death. God offers us forgiveness and mercy and takes away the sin of the world, inviting us to take up the cross instead. Again and again, Christ goes before us and calls us to follow him. Thanks be to God. Amen.